Welcome in, and we are back. The Retirement Plan Playbook is here. The group is back together, and you know I'm really excited for today's topic. I'm your host, Brent Pasqua, founder of RPA Wealth Management. I'm here with my guys, Matthew Thiel, Certified Financial Planner, and Joshua Winterswike, Certified Financial Planner. Matt, you're not looking so hot today. How are you feeling? Well, I'm feeling great now. I did catch the cold, though, um, last week, so that was fun. There was, a, there was actually a, never a brief moment where I thought it was the coronavirus. And um, yeah, it was just the common cold. So the common cold is going around, especially in Southern California. Since I caught it, I've heard of a couple other families who had it prior to me, um, who I've actually never been in contact with. So uh, be careful out there. Yeah, the cold, the cold is there and it hits hard because you, you haven't had germ exposure most likely in a year. So this one actually hit me pretty hard compared to colds previously. So every time you get sick nowadays, it's not COVID? No, that's correct. Um, you could get non-COVID sick. <laughs> and um, I was pretty certain it was never COVID. One, because people I was with had already had a negative COVID test by the time I was sick or had symptoms. But it felt like a common cold. Whereas, you know, from everything I've read about COVID, it's not a common cold at all. It's, you know, more in your lungs and affects your breathing where this was more in my throat and in my nose. You didn't have any of the unique symptoms to the COVID virus? No, I didn't. You're lucky you're here because, you know, Josh and I were having a sidebar whether or not we we're going to invite you in for the show today. Yeah, I know that was a, you know, um, highly debated topic here at RPA and we even moved some client meetings around because of my sickness. Yeah, so thanks guys for having me in. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad to see you. Out of but, an abundance of precaution, Josh and I completely sanitized the entire office after <laughs> you were here last week, just in case. Yeah. Do, you, do you think that's like a good sign though? Like common colds going around? I think it's a great sign, yeah. Like, you know, we're kind of like numbers are coming down COVID-wise and common colds kind of rolling around. And Yeah, I would try and catch it actually if I was people or at least get exposed to it so, you know, your body could fight it off. Get well, some germs in you. You're here and we have a gas mask on you, so you're not getting <laughs> anybody else sick. So we're just glad to have you back. Extra, extra, read all about it. Let's hear the latest hot takes on some recent news items. Uh, let's get into some hot take headlines. Digital currencies like Bitcoin have been ri- rising since March of 2020, leading to really the, a new industry that is popping up. It's called digital collectibles. What are digital collectibles and what is NBA Top Shot? Yeah, so th- this is quite interesting. Um, I'm just going to throw some words out that are big. The the first one is something called NFT, which is non-fungible token. And essentially what that means is it's like a unique token. Kind of how like, you know, there's a, you know, call it like, you know, I don't know, 20,000 different Bitcoins out there or more. All right. Um, I don't know what the supply of Bitcoin is. I'm not an expert on it. Well, these are these NFTs are unique crypto tokens that go on a blockchain and they could be used for um, art or any other kind of collectible and nba top shot is one that's doing it for highlights so like a you know slam dunk or i think a three-pointer and you could uh, essentially purchase that highlight and it has the blockchain technology and so when you say blockchain uh, basically a, a digital database yeah yeah exactly digital ledger okay and so then you, I guess you own this. It's kind of like the digital trading card and people are going crazy for these. And by crazy, I mean, I think a LeBron James sold for $100,000. That's crazy. Recently. So yeah, there's a, that's not good. 
And there's only one person that can own this digital card, or can multiple people own this digital card? You know, I don't know enough about it. I mean, I'm sure you could pool your money together and buy one of them. I guess like the three of us say we wanted to, you know, put ten thousand dollars each in, and maybe, I mean, we can't afford LeBron James, but maybe we could afford like a, you know, Zion Williamson or a, I don't know, an Alex Caruso, Kyle Kuzma. <laughs> yeah, maybe we could have, maybe we can afford a Kuzma. <laughs> so, so if we owned it though, nobody else owns it. It's just us that own that one. Yeah, correct. Um, which is kind of cool. So but, it's more like a like a art. Like you're you're purchasing like a piece of art. It can be duplicated. It can be reran. You know, you can you don't have like the straight licensing to only use it, but it's for you to keep and say you owned it. Yeah, exactly. The thing I don't understand about this though is like I get like why you'd want to own like a Kobe Bryant autograph jersey. You know, you hang it up, it's yours, you can see it, it's in your office, you're like, Yeah, I got that Kobe autograph jersey, that's cool. But like, you know, a video of Kobe dunking on somebody, man, I could pull up a YouTube and watch like, <laughs> you like thirty of those right now. You go to your friend's house and you make want to see the video I bought? Yeah. <laughs> like you're showing everybody and it's just on your phone. I'm mean, I I don't know. You this put is, it up on a projector. The technology is cool, but this is kind of gimmicky and a lot of people are getting caught up in it. I, I don't know if it's gonna end well. Two things that I, I kind of thought when I first was like reading about this was pretty cool that like the blockchain chain technology is being used in like another application not just like digital currency so i thought that was pretty cool um that they're they're using that technology and we're seeing it progress and then another thing is just like cryptocurrency is so popular right now and then trading cards are coming back so it is kind of like combining both of them um so kind of cool the the two two of the hottest like let's say collectibles or items purchased recently are, are combining into this new mba top shop pretty cool yeah, I, I got a couple of trading cards I was looking up. So I have uh, almost, I think I have every King Griffey Jr. rookie card that was made. And so I, I was, you know, heard about cards coming back. So I was like, oh, I'm going to look these up, see what these Griffey rookies are going for. And I don't understand why some are listed for 20K online and others are listed for like 50 bucks. So if anybody knows anything about sports cards, um, send me an email and let me know because I would love to get rid of my King Griffey Jr. rookies and I want to know if I have the ones that are worth 20 bucks or the ones that are worth 20 grand. I, I agree. I want that information and it's just a reminder that I got to start looking through my old trading cards. I still haven't done that yet. Got to so, go to our parents' house. <laughs> so, exactly. So one more question on this topic. What, like who's, who's playing with these digital collectibles? Is it the same people that are, that are trading lots of bitcoin and cryptocurrencies is it like the same fan base uh from what i've seen online yes um the article we referenced was an espn article and the guy who um purchased i think it was a zion williamson um he actually started a bunch of daily fantasy sports sites uh, i actually think he's behind that underdog one that we played yeah. fantasy football on so yeah, he he's the one who is purchasing those. So yeah, I think it's mostly people who are into crypto or taking their Bitcoin monies and now putting them into these NFTs. So you got this whole sort of group that's being created between fantasy sports, now digital collectibles, cryptocurrencies. Like this fan group is actually growing in their hobbies. They are, but most of them got their money by starting good old-fashioned American businesses. Yeah, what a thought. All right, so let's move on. Lumber prices hit a new record high. Up more than 49% over the last few weeks. It never has really costed more to purchase all types of different lumber. Uh, these things are for walls, fences, cabinetry. And engineer wood products used in new construction are currently backlogged until March. Matt, why is lumber rising? 
Well, Brent, it's a great question, and it comes down to supply and demand. And right now, there is just more demand than there is lumber. So prices are going higher. Um, and the reason there's more demand is the coronavirus has really kicked off um, a bunch of home renovation projects. You know, I just moved, bought a home, and got some work done. And all the contractors were um, super booked for the time we wanted. So we actually had to go through multiple contractors before we could find one that could do our project on our timeline. And then because prices are rising on the home side, builders are starting to pick up activity and they're building homes. So they're all fighting over lumber. You know, basically that leads to rising lumber prices, which is inflationary. How is this projected to be actually long-term? I'm not sure on the, the long-term side. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know a ton about the lumber market, but I'd assume if demand is strong, wouldn't they just plant more trees? I mean, that could be a really poor answer but i mean that's essentially where lumber comes from right washington oregon i don't know how long it takes to grow actual trees that get chopped into lumber yeah i think that's actually very interesting and i'm I'm curious to see kind of what happens with home prices from there Um, i think it's time to introduce sort of a new segment uh let's go into some planning tip josh how does rising lumber prices and this really impact people's financial plan well one thing that we have to look at is if you know lumber prices are going up and other items within, let's say, home remodels or just appliances in homes and housing values are going up, it's probably a pretty good time to get your homeowner's insurance re- um, actually reviewed if you haven't in a while. And so most people, you know, like me, I probably haven't reviewed mine in about a year and a half. I need to get on that as well. I need to take my own advice. But now you're at more risk. So originally, when you took out your homeowner's policy, you know, cost per square foot to rebuild your house might be a lot different than it is today. So that dwelling coverage within your homeowner's insurance policy might be outdated. And so if there was a, you know, a pearl that destroyed, cover pearl that destroyed your home, you know, you could be undercovered and that's not going to be very good um, for there. So that's one thing is getting that reviewed. One easy way to do that is definitely calling your um, insurance agent, whoever holds the policy to do a review with them, seeing what your coverages are, see how they are related to today's numbers. And one factor that's in there is lumber prices. It's going to cost more to rebuild your home. So you might need more coverage to um, protect you and your family if there was something that actually happened to your home. While you're also doing that, a lot of people purchased um, or adopted puppies or other four-legged friends. Also, if you haven't you know, added that rider to your homeowner's insurance policy, now's probably a good time to add that if you did add a pet through this pandemic. Um, and you know, most insurance companies do offer that rider to get some protection from your pets. Uh, just another tip to that um, same topic is shopping for a new policy. So at the same time, if you haven't shopped your policy recently, now's probably a good time to see if you can get maybe even some more coverage at a better price. So I just went through the homeowner's insurance um, process. And one of the things the agent who was helping me mentioned was uh, that lumber prices are rising and that the cost to rebuild a home in California has actually increased in the last year. So I needed to adjust my um, essentially home rebuild costs from what the computer was saying. Mm. Um, even on there and because i mean this was in december and so mm. we're you know lumber prices are up 40 percent since then sure so, yeah i've had a lot of discussions about this with clients too and when they've gone back and reviewed their policies i think their policies were you know underinsured by 30 or 40 percent generally i mean for me when i got mine i don't think i looked at mine for like eight, seven or eight years until i changed it or redid it yeah because it's not something that's you know continuously pressing if you never had to use it but 
you know, just that reminder and getting that checkup, you know, is going to just pay you, you know, a lot of dividend if something were to ever happen that you're properly insured and potentially having the best rate as well. Shopping it is very important. But make sure that, you know, you have a credible insurer. It's another tip on that. And absolutely don't let your coverage lapse. So if you are shopping it and exchanging it, make sure that that coverage doesn't lapse. Yeah, and you should try and bundle, right? Like if you get your homeowners, get your auto, get everything in one place. I mean, that should be this a substantial way to probably save some money yeah that, that's always you know the insurers love bundling and offering discounts so definitely price it do your research on it and hopefully you can get the proper coverage and maybe even save some money all right you guys ready to move on yes all right let's go now that we've warmed up with some hot ticks let's go to the retirement planning corner and see what's on the docket for today so let's head into the retirement planning corner uh, one question we're getting a lot from, from clients on is, why is the stock market going up, but the economy is really weak? Uh, shouldn't the stock market really be crashing? And really, this is a two-part question. And the answer really, you know, for me, I don't think it's straightforward. On the stock market side, pretty much everything is at all-time highs. U.S. stocks, international, emerging markets. I mean, it seems like it's crazy. Everything is going up. And money is flying into risky investments like SPACs, which are special purpose acquisition corps, startups, IPOs, cryptocurrencies, like we talked about, digital collectibles. Matt, what is going on in the economy right now? Is it weak? Is it strong? I can't figure this out. What's happening? It, it's recovering. Um, it was weak last year. Um, it was very weak this time last year, but now it's recovering. And as for asset prices, what's going on is there's easy money. We're at 0% interest rates. And when we're at 0% interest rates, asset prices move higher. Homes, stocks, bonds, crazy investments like you're talking about, startups, collectibles. Uh, money's easy. Money's free-flowing. People NBA have a lot of it. NBA top shots. NBA top shots. People are buying pictures of you know NBA dunks <laughs> that we can watch on YouTube. And right now, the Federal Reserve is planning on staying accommodative. They have no plans to raise interest rates coming up this year. Um, on the government side, there's also $900 billion of fiscal stimulus done at the end of 2020. And they're currently negotiating another um, $1.9 trillion. That's a ton of money coming into the economy. And as for the consumer um, coming out of this recession, it's the strongest consumer ever. Personal savings rates are at all-time high. And credit card balances are, are down compared to where they were in the 2008 recession. And not to mention balances in cash accounts like checking and savings, those are at an all-time high. And you're probably asking, why is that? Because people aren't spending money right now. They're sitting at home, they're saving money. And every person that gets a shot is a person who wants to go out and do something fun now. They want to go on a trip, they want to do a sporting event, whatever it is they do for hobby, they want to do it. There's like so much pent-up demand especially in entertainment, like you had just said. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I think it's just, you know, for the economy, just to see what has happened over this last year with personal savings rates, like you had mentioned, going up, credit card balances going down. You know, a lot of people have taken advantage of this last year of being locked down. And if they were still fortunate enough to continue to work or didn't spend all of their, let's say, unemployment or stimulus. So it's just creating even more pent-up demand. It seems like the government's really stepping up to control what part of the economy they can. But once they have to kind of relinquish a little bit of that control and they can't keep just supplying money to it, like can the economy really start to stand on its own again? 
Yeah, I, I think it is staying on its own, actually. Um, outside of a, a few industries, like what restaurants being one where, you know, there's still a, a little hurt. Um, my wife and I were looking at taking a trip to Hawaii. And we thought the prices would be a little lower this summer because maybe people didn't want to travel. And prices are, you know, right back to, you know, the highest prices we've seen. Um, so, so prices are definitely rising. So what does this actually mean for people's retirement? with the economy and where it's at right now? I think that there, there's still a lot of opportunity, you know? And again, it, it's just because we're, we are saying that the economy is, you know, doing well, but it is being helped out. And there are some positives, but we know that there's also a lot of negatives over this last year and that the, there is still opportunity to grow from those negatives going into 2021. So I think, you know, with the economy, we don't know what's going to for sure happen in the future, but we do know what's happening right now and, you know, taking advantage of those opportunities that are presenting themselves in today's, in today's economy. So, if you, you know, one of the things that from a strong consumer standpoint is we know, you know, savings rates are really the highest ever. People have more in their savings. What should somebody who's planning for retirement, whether young or old, be doing with that extra cash? Buying NBA top shots, of course. <laughs> Cryptocurrency. Yeah, anything risky, man. Risky investments. Um, I would come up with a savings and investment strategy. You know, maybe it's a little in the stock market. Maybe it's some fun money in an NBA top shot, if that's what you like, or Bitcoin. Maybe it's investing yourself and starting a business or, you know, doing one of those coding boot camps. Those are cool. And, uh, you know, it pays really well right now. So, uh, I mean, either invest in the, in the future by buying a, a share of a company or a, a product or a, you know, a logo GIF thing or whatever those top shots are, <laughs> or um, invest in yourself. Right. I also think, you know, now's a good time, like we talked about, like reviewing your homeowner's insurance policy, but just reviewing your protection. So if, you know, your net worth is increasing, you're paying down debt, your savings, you know, accounts are going up or you're starting to invest and now your net worth is growing, you need to be looking at other ways to actually protect that net worth as well. So if you have now increased cash flow because of a better year last year, we need to be also reassessing how we're protecting that cash flow and that net worth going forward. Yeah, I think during tax time too, I mean, if you have extra money because you've gotten it this year and your savings is building to a comfortable level where you have six months of expenses, I mean, I'd say, you know, make a contribution into your IRA or make it into your Roth IRA to something long-term that you can actually save some money on and save for retirement. And, you know, it may help you in taxes if you're making an IRA contribution. Great point. Josh, what are some other positives with this economy? A few other positives. One is the housing market. Housing prices have continued to increase. It's due to you know low supply, high demand, and low interest rates. I mean, we've been in this low interest rate climate for a while now, and those three variables have led to increased housing prices all across the U.S. We're seeing that you know, a lot, even right where we live here in Southern California. Another positive is the vaccine. So after a rocky start, um, the U.S. now has the best vaccine program in the world. And we're averaging, you know, about 2 million doses a day. And we have enough supplies for every adult to be vaccinated by the summer of 2021. You know, really good positive there. And then lastly, travel. So high-end travel prices are back to pre-COVID prices. Lots of people are planning summer trips, even spring trips. So we're seeing, you know, again, some another hint of recovery through travel bookings and prices. Again, another positive to this 2021 economy. You mean people are going to be able to travel again? Well, what is travel? I know you kind of forget what that's like. You know, 
when I think about housing prices, if someone's in a high housing price area, we're in Southern California, there's, you know, high prices are high. But if you're in a high price area and you're getting or thinking about retiring, I mean, what are some ways that you can really benefit from the kind of sort of the time that we're in right now? At least from what I've seen, like some of my clients do is, is downsize. They could sell their house if they're going to move to another state where the houses are less expensive. I mean, why not downsize? Yeah, absolutely. And it could be you just have a big, bigger home. You're looking to relocate maybe to just a little tad cheaper of an area or re- to reduce that mortgage, um, just even buy a tad to help some cash flow, right? Because prices are so high. But yeah, I think that's the biggest one that stands out to me, which is, you know, moving to a different area where cost of living is cheaper, downsizing on price a little bit, and really just helping your financial situation even more if that's your goal. I guess I have one other question for this. I mean, is it ever smart to sell your house at a high price where it is now, rent, sit, wait for a while for the market to cool off? You hear people talking about that strategy. Is that ever really effective? No, that's an awful strategy. You're being an active manager. Um, You're essentially making a bet that you know, housing prices are going to drop. And that is, you know, most likely historically actually been a losing, um, a losing bet. So sorry if that's your plan, but it's, it's not a good one. Yeah, I think that the strategy that we had talked about before is probably the most effective that, you know, sell high and try and go buy somewhere else that, you know, it's going to be cheaper for a house. Yeah, yeah, you, absolutely. You can buy, if you have a two story and you're ready to retire, then you could downsize mm-hmm. to smaller one story. Yep. Now's a, now's a great time to just start reviewing those options because housing prices are so low and borrowing rates are so cheap. Yeah, Matt, what can cause the stock market and the economy to turn down? Um, well, the first thing that can really cause it to turn down is you know, a crisis that we don't see coming. Um, and that was COVID last year. And most people forget the stock market crashed by over 30% last year in 2020. It already happened. It saw the coronavirus, it priced it in, it crashed. Companies that were impacted most by the coronavirus did the worst. Companies that benefited from the coronavirus did the best, right? Netflix, Zoom, Moderna, who makes the vaccine, they all had great returns last year. Peloton. Peloton, the companies that were that were, did really bad, Carnival Cruises, Hilton, Delta Airlines, you know, the ones that were seriously impacted by the coronavirus. Um, so any kind of crisis, right? They call them um, black swan events. There could be uh, another virus. There could be a war. There could be a terror attack. We don't know what it is. Um, it could be something like that happened in Texas where the power grid goes off and millions of people are without power and electricity and they freeze to death. Any kind of crisis like that that could derail the economy could cause the stock market to go down. The other thing is what we're actually seeing this week with the market turning south a little bit in tech stocks is rising interest rates. And what we mean by that is not the Federal Reserve raising interest rates. We mean the market is raising rates itself in the form of bond prices. So rates going higher is an adjustment to stocks. It's not always bad for stocks. It just makes people readjust what they think stock prices should be at, and it causes them to fall in the short term. You know, with these potential declines that could happen, I mean, would that stop you from advising a client to retire at the end of this year, or is it, you know, do your planning and if you have enough, then retire? No, I, I think it's absolutely do your planning. Um, if you have enough right now, it's a great time to retire. Why wouldn't you want to retire? The, we're, you know, we're telling you the economy is strong. If you have enough, you have enough, retire. What are you waiting for? I think that's what, that's what I hear too. Like if you're ready, now is a pretty good time. So just make sure you're ready um, for that retirement date. I don't think that it, the time right now and the where the economy is at should be hindering you from retiring if you are ready. 
Yeah, I think if your portfolio has hit a level where you think you have enough to survive on the rest of your life by just taking normal distributions, and quite possibly you may want to um, reevaluate where the portfolio allocations are, right? And then secure some of it. Yeah, I agree. Um, great time to run a portfolio analysis. Um, I still meet with a ton of people who are in their you know late 60s, and they probably have too much in stock. Right, so they're exposed if the stock market crashes, and then they get scared, and they're like, "Well, now I'm not going to be able to retire for another five years." Where if maybe you just took a more diversified approach, you worked with a professional who could actually help you with your um, portfolio. They give you some advice, and now you reduce your risk. And when the crash comes, you don't lose as much. And I feel like we see that a lot. I mean, I know I do. I know you had just mentioned it, and Brent, I think you can probably touch on this as well too. But you know, going into retirement looking at an investment portfolio, I'd say, you know, more times than not, it's either too aggressive or too conservative. Right. And, and how detrimental would it have been last year if you were planning on retiring at the end of the first quarter? And on March 23rd, we hit those lows and, you know, you started either rolling over your 401k and then sitting in cash for April, May, and June. And gosh, I mean, you, you just, it, it'll take you a half a decade to recover from the returns that happened in that period of time. Yeah, if you weren't really actively planning ahead, that could just cause a bunch of problems within your plan. Yeah. Now, lastly, the economy is projected to get stronger over the next few years. Is now a good time to retire? Yeah, I think, you know, we, we just hit on it. It's a great time. I mean, uh, be in control of your retirement. The, the stock market's near all-time highs, so that should mean that your 401k is near all-time highs. Um, as long as you've met with someone and, you know, you've kind of hit your number, you know, why not do it now? Yeah. And one of the strategies that I think worked in the past was interest rates on CDs or very conservative investments were pretty high. So you can get a, a stable rate of return, but we're not seeing any of that right now. I think, you know, any savings account is less than a half a percent on the top end, uh, just online savings accounts. I mean, fixed returns really aren't there. No, they're not. And they're not going to be there. I mean, most likely you're going to live a good portion of your retirement with uh, low interest rates if you're in your 60s right now. So, I mean, maybe we'll see, you know, 2% CDs like we saw two years ago. Um, But quick side note, slightly joking here, but, you know, Josh did find a site that gives you 8% on your Bitcoin. So Josh and I are getting 8% interest on our Bitcoin right now. Just like you would in a savings account. I mean, it's out there. You just got to search for it, people. <laughs> like a full disclosure kind of a joke. But yeah, no, I agree. Fixed rates are really low. But again, I think it's just planning for the future. I think it can be maneuvered even with interest rates, even projected to stay low or fixed income rates projected to stay low. Um, but if you're not comfortable with those rates, like Matt said, <laughs> Bitcoin cash, we got it. 8%. <laughs> you know, I had a, a client walk up to me today and uh, asked, uh, was, she was telling me that her friend's getting a 9% guaranteed return in her life insurance policy. And she said, is that true? So, I mean, it just goes to show you, you can get stuck in all sorts of sort of gimmicks. Let me tell you something. If interest rates are in the toilet and where they are right now, you are not getting 9% guaranteed on your insurance policy. Uh, the only way I could think of that is if their friend is terminally ill and they're doing a, uh, I forgot what it's called, but where they pay out the life insurance. Yeah. Um, so then maybe her friend is telling, has some, hasn't told her something yet. Yeah, that wouldn't be good. Yeah, insurance companies are not paying, you know, that many times the rate of the fixed rates. Yeah. And, and just, you know, to let the audience know they're correlated, right? Low interest rates at the bank means low interest rates everywhere. Yeah. So if somebody's telling you high fixed interest rates, just your know-it-all neighbor. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's time for RPA Recommends. All right, let's get into some RPA recommendations. Uh, Matthew, let's start with you today. I don't know if I've talked about this before. Um, I'm going to go with the whole HomePod setup. I might have mentioned the Apple HomePod, great for music, but we recently got one of those mini HomePods for Christmas, and you could set it up in you know different rooms. It, it's so great listening to music because you can get you know the whole house going. Um, we have a big HomePod and a small HomePod. Um, I'm going to get one for every room now, so I have to buy a few more. Um, but it's really great way to enjoy music. Yes, highly recommend it. Oh, and it can be used as an intercom as well if you want to mess with your kids. I have a question. So can the two HomePods play two different musics at the same time? So if like... Yes. You know, okay. Yeah, so. so like you could have like... Uh, you know, Lady Gaga going in one room and then Taylor Swift in another. I knew you were going to say Taylor Swift. <laughs> I love Taylor Swift. <laughs> now, how much time did you spend researching this? Because I know it took you a little while to, to decide on whether you're going to get Nest or Ring and you went back and forth and it sounded like that was a pretty For a HomePod? Oh, it took me... I don't really research Apple products. I'm in the ecosystem. <laughs> like, you know, they come out with the product. It's just a ma- matter of if I'm going to get Gen 1 or Gen 2. Because yeah, I think like Google's the other player in like the HomePod speaker system, right? Sonos does it as well. Yeah. And I think the one thing too that people miss on Apple is um, Amazon and Google do not respect your privacy at all. So those HomePod speakers that they sell when they sell them for cheaper than Apple's, they are listening to every single word you're saying and they have computers transcribing every single word that's being said in your house. So wait, the mic off button actually doesn't turn the that mic off? That does not work at all. Um, Is this full disclosure? You, you, you know this? No, yeah, I know this. There's been articles written about it. Um, just Google it. By popular tech journalists, I think Wired had a big piece on it. Um, anyways, Apple, though, does respect consumers' privacy and that's kind of been their whole big push is uh, to respect your privacy and not listen and record your conversations. Well, I don't have a HomePod yet, but I am interested. So good recommends there. Brent, you want me to go next? Yeah. Okay. I haven't actually talked about golf in a while. I'm, I'm still playing. Um, Matt, are you still playing? Rarely. Okay. Um, I'm still playing though. And I haven't really bought any new clubs since I started playing. And, um, but I did get a new driver. So I had some really nice friends uh, for you know Christmas and my birthday. Gave me some gift cards. I used those. Thanks, guys. And... Uh, Bought a new driver. Absolutely love it. I'm sad I didn't buy a new driver sooner because it's just, it feels completely different. I was using a driver that was like made 15, 20 years ago. Got my new driver and really enjoying it. Really enjoying golf still. Really nice to be outside and plan to play a lot this year as well as I did last year. I'm glad you finally pulled the trigger and got that new driver. I, I, that's not, that was nice of your friends to help you. I actually, you know, last time I played with you, I thought you said your cousin was helping you, but I'm glad your friends did. <laughs> no, 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 no. He said he got a hookup for a discount, <laughs> waited for the discount. It never happened. So uh, friend, friends definitely gave me some nice gift cards to, to help me out. So thanks, guys, if you didn't already know who you were. Well, as you guys are trying to recommend people to spend their money, I'm going to try to recommend people to save some money. And by doing that, if you're getting stimulus money from the government, what a better way to what to do with it than to put it into your IRA or make a Roth IRA contribution. If you qualify to be able to contribute to your IRA or SEP or one of your retirement plans, why not stick a little bit of that money in there, get some tax savings on it? Or if you don't qualify and you can't put it into your Roth IRA, you get some tax deferral, compounding interest, tax-free upon withdrawals. This is a great time. You're in that season. You have until April 15th to make your contribution. Ask your tax person when you get your taxes done. Can I make an IRA contribution? Can I make a Roth IRA contribution? If you can, 
Ask them how much an IRA contribution will save you versus, you know, you putting it into your Roth IRA. If you can, you can do a quick calculation. Is it worth it? Roth IRA is tax-free on the way out. IRA is taxable on the way out. Does it benefit you now or benefit it later? Ask your tax person which is best based on your tax return. Do a calculation and make that contribution because you can save some money. Josh and I are out here recommending Apple products and golf, golf equipment. Golf equipment, <laughs> and you're telling people to put their money in IRAs. That's you know, good, I, I want tip. people to save some money during this tax season right now. <laughs> you know what? It's just it's just not as exciting, <laughs> just to be really honest. But great recommendation. I actually forgot to even say what I got a TaylorMade driver. So just throw that out there for the listeners who are wondering what kind of driver I got. Wanted to add that. But Brent, to get back to your recommendation, it's a great recommendation. It's just not as exciting we're telling people you know home pod golf equipment and then you're telling people to save money well i love it but it's just not as exciting for the listeners why don't you guys reply into the show and let us know which recommendation you preferred the best and and then we'll get kind of a tally going and maybe we can discuss it in our next show who they really appreciated more a golf driver <laughs> a home pod that's going to listen to you while you talk or you know a thousand dollars of tax savings when you when you uh, go get your tax return done Let's just do all three. There you go. <laughs> uh, Matt, as we kind of close up this shop, do not take your gas mask off. Keep it on straight out the door, out to your car. You, you don't <laughs> contaminate us. We're not trying to get sick. I won't. <laughs> all right. So as advisors, we love helping people. That's why we do what we do. If you'd like more information or schedule an appointment with any of us, please go to rpawealth.com and schedule a complimentary consultation. You can also download our ebook on our website. If you'd like access to the show notes, please go to the Retirement Plan Playbook. Thanks for listening to us. Please rank us on wherever you're listening to your podcast. Thanks for listening to Retirement Plan Playbook. Thanks, guys. RPA Wealth Management is a state-registered investment advisor located in Rancho Cucamonga, California. Registration does not imply a certain level of skill or training. RPA Wealth Management may only transact business in those states and jurisdictions in which it is registered or qualifies for an exemption or exclusion from registration requirements. A copy of RPA Wealth Management's current disclosure statement, Form ADV Part 1, containing RPA Wealth Management's business operations, services, and fees is available by accessing the SEC's Investment Advisor Public Disclosure website. RPA Wealth Management will provide Form ADV Part 2A from Brochure and 2B Brochure Supplement to interested parties upon request. Information provided on this podcast should not be construed as a solicitation or offer or recommendation to acquire or dispose of any investment or engage in any other transaction. RPA Wealth Management does not render or offer to render personal investment advice or financial planning advice through its podcasts. RPA Wealth Management podcasts are intended for information and educational purposes only.